when an announcement of a dual movie experience uh, showed up on the anime scene, to every you I've loved before and to me the one who loved you, movies that when you swip swap the order in which you watch them, the ending changes, kind of got a lot of people excited. Now that it was finally out and put onto Crunchyroll, a lot of people have been talking about it and so we thought we'd join the fray. Did we enjoy it? I don't know. You're going to have to stick around and check that out. We've got a special guest today. And I hope uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's get right on into it. Ooh, welcome back to the I Married a Wee podcast. It's your favorite anime podcast that depending on the order in which you listen to us, you might think that we don't know what we're talking about. Or if you listen to it in a different order, we might kind of know what we're talking about sometimes. Hey, are you new here? Hi, my name's Tom. Uh, kind of been a weeb for a while that I met this chick turning her into a weeb. Now she's kind of out weebing me. It's a little thing that we got going on over here, but nevertheless, I married her and I like her. Hey, what's your name? I'm Danielle. Danielle. That's right. That's right. Uh, big fan of her. And actually she's been voted number one host on this podcast. So big up to her on that. Uh, if you got Instagram, you should actually check us out on there. That's I married a weeb pod on Instagram. You're going to get two posts a week, which reflects the two episodes a week, Monday, Thursday. Uh, you should stick around and you should come back every once in a while. We try and talk about the cartoons. And if you feel like talking as well, there's a link tree on that Instagram to find our Discord where you can join up, uh, meet good people. You can roll for waifus. You can post about the newest uh, merch you got. You can just talk about the shows you're loving or hating. You can talk about manga. You can do whatever the heck you want in there, except for don't be too weird, okay? We're just trying to keep it normal in there. In a normal kind of... I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But anyways, you if, if you don't have Instagram, you can actually find the link to that in the description of this episode. Hey, are you not new here? Well, by golly, still looking good. Every time you come back, I'm like, there's no way they're going to keep looking that good. But then you, here you are. Stunning. Absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, kind of cool, cool little thing we got going today. Not only are we talking about the movie that, well, I'm sorry, movies that everyone have been talking about, which is going to, oh, these names are brutal. To me, the one who loved you as well as to ever you I've loved before. Sure, you guys have seen the poster for this around because you it's just been a big hubbub depending on the order in which you watch these movies. It's going to change the ending and it's going to be crazy and it's going to be good. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about if that's in fact, uh, what happened with these movies. But before we get into that, speaking of our discord, got a great friend of the show who we, uh, we actually got to meet in person not too long ago, uh, has decided to join us for this. Uh, he, he goes by, gallantry in the discord but obviously it'd be weird for hey tom and danielle and then gallantry um so we're gonna go ahead and go uh, go ahead and call him gabe gabe how we doing dude great thanks for having me uh, my name's course. not important but i'm nobody special oh, <laughs> straight from the movie whoa already a great guest we dig that <laughs> um yeah 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 so a, a fellow midwesterner so obviously there might be a couple opes in here if we talk <laughs> over each other and whatnot but um Kind of just managed to loop in that we both wanted to watch this and uh, what better guest than than him. So how was your trip down here into the old Illinois? It's great. I mean, if I could ever see friends and new friends, I'm definitely going to make the trip. So thanks for accommodating me. Of course, of course. And 
the older friends. Was that the members of Blink-182? You know what? Their reunion (laughs) tour actually included their fourth member, which was me. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. (laughs) You should have signed my uh, chopsticks while we went out for ramen. (laughs) Definitely. Which, I, I mean, we asked your opinion on it. And we really, and you can, you can dash our spirits. It's fine. We find that place to be very good ramen. We love it. And it's one of our favorite places to go. Where does it stack up in your ramen adventures? Ooh, you know, when you like go to restaurants, you kind of have that like scale barometer of how ramen tastes. Sure. Where you try the same one in every single shop. For me, that's not the case. I always like to try a unique one. Mm. And the one that I have was called like the egg meat. Doesn't sound appetizing at all now <laughs> after I just described those two ingredients. But the one that I had was a Taiwanese one. Mm. So that was pretty different. It's not really Japanese ramen, but I was impressed on my end. Hey. Oh, good. I was more impressed with your form. Got the chopsticks, <laughs> you were swirling them with the little spoon dealy. Tom was just commenting on that. Was it yesterday? Yeah, I was just saying that <laughs> yesterday. I'm like, you remember how Gabe was just handling <laughs> that ramen while I'm sitting there just slurping away like a pig, you know? Compliments to the chef. Compliments to the chef. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, that form is like an Italian way of eating noodles. Oh. Yeah, with the fork. That's and then you got right. The spoon. Yeah, well, looks like I'm failing. <laughs> Whoops. Are you even Italian over yeah, there? Yeah, 50%. It's a coin flip if I'm going <laughs> to act that way or not. In traffic, it's 100% heads, baby. I'm angry. Um, yeah, well, it was good. No, it was great meeting you. And obviously, we got to check out the local Japanese market and all that good stuff. So it was it was a great time, and I'm glad that we uh, got to get you on the old show here. Now, as far as anime news goes, I don't have too much today. I know we like to do that around these parts, but um, I guess Spy Family launched its own coffee line for Father's Day. Uh, which oh, getting is ahead of the game. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's just the name. I'm not going to read the article because, one, it just popped up, and then, two, it's like, I'm not really a coffee guy that much, so it's not interesting to me, but that's something that you guys can Google if, if that interests you. See what uh, the old family Lloyd Forager, right? Is that what mm-hmm. it is? It's been a while, and I forget character <laughs> names after two days. Uh, but the better story here is the fact that a Yu-Gi-Oh player inadvertently created a real-life uh, rent-a-girlfriend situation. What? Yeah, so an article as of four days ago, in an effort to find an opponent... Uh, to play against. A Yu-Gi-Oh player decided to take a page from the Rent-A-Girlfriend playbook and used a rental girl service um, to acquire someone to play Yu-Gi-Oh with. Interesting. You know, modern problems, uh, (laughs) they need modern solutions. And this guy's on it. So he rented someone to play Yu-Gi-Oh and they probably didn't even know how to play. I guess you could teach them. It's probably pretty easy. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh is relatively simple. Mm. Yeah, not in the I show. Think that's actually kind of endearing because if you're going to play someone, you might as well play someone that you're really interested in as well. Hmm. Yeah, sure. And they either love it or hate it. Well, it's, it's also the question is like, is this guy going to rent her multiple times? <laughs> you know, how much into the rent a girlfriend scenario is he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So that's kind of interesting. A little bit of something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll get this right out of the way. Normally we'll come to, we'll, we'll sometimes, as in I've done it once before and I'm going to do it now. We got a Japanese word of the day today that I'm going to put right here with the news because I got nothing else to put in there. And that's tsuchi, which is a noun. It is dirt. So if you want to say dirt, tsuchi, there you are. That's all I got. Very nice. Yeah. Anywho, uh, Gabe, you said you, you've got rudimentary Japanese, right? Did you take it in school or how did you? Yeah. Um, I 
Well, I guess I have to start with a little bit of context. So like everyone starts learning Japanese for like different reasons. For me, when I was growing up, I grew up in a really rural town in the southwest of the U.S. And we don't have a lot of exposure to Japanese culture. Um, but I would play like some games and video games. And then there's like this long running series that was discontinued in English for a while, but it continued in Japanese. So I was like, damn it, if I'm going to continue the series, I might as well just learn Japanese on my own. So I started just like kind of looking it up and then trying it. But I had no one to practice with until I actually went to college. And then that's when it was offered. And then they also offered a study abroad program to go to Japan for three and a half months. And that's where I did a little bit more of my Japanese study. So yeah, 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 I still know a little bit here and there, but. It's kind of hard to find like practical use here in the Midwest unless you know anyone that speaks Japanese as well. But for now, we're just going to be watching anime. So that's it, which is going to be most people in the Midwest's reason for for learning uh, Nihon. Now, okay, I got to ask because what a fan, whoever the creator of this uh, thing that you wanted to enjoy more of would just absolutely weep with happy tears to hear that you went so far to continue to enjoy it what was this franchise yeah so probably people know about kingdom hearts <gasps> yeah um and then also the tales of series so the most popular game is tales of symphonia that became popular yeah. in the u.s so those series so kingdom hearts first they had these weird spin-offs called like kingdom hearts 2 final mix or kingdom hearts whatever final mix whatever for whatever system and they were only exclusively released in Japan. Oh. But they had all like the DLC of the game before DLC was even a thing. Same thing for the Tales of series. They didn't see that the rest of the Tales series would become popular in the US. So it wasn't localized. So a lot of games in Japan of the Tales series became exclusive to Japan and never released in the US. No kidding. Um, love the segues we're doing here because I've actually been, it's been on my wish list, but Tales of Arise, uh, one of oh, the, yeah. the newer tales of that one's kind of struck me. It's got some pretty cool main, uh, looking main characters and I'm like, man, someday I'm going to pick that up. Have you checked that one out? And then if, you know, if you haven't, are the Tales of series good enough that you're thinking, you know what? Probably good enough. You should check it out. I think for me, I love the Tales series a lot. But being so loyal to one series makes me miss out on so many other video games (laughs) because these are like 80 hour video games, you know? So Mm -hmm. you're like, well, I guess I have to play the same kind of formulaic system, which is fun. (laughs) Only if I haven't played all the other series before it. So Tales of Arise is actually the only game I haven't played yet. Oh. And I think I'm going to keep it that way. (laughs) No kidding. All right. Well, someday I'll let you know. It might be in 20 years when I have time to actually do that. But um, great, 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 great. All right. Well, now to the topic at hand, the movies that we decided to watch. Was it worth the hype? I don't know. We'll get into that. But first, let's just hit you with a little bit of a loose premise and Danielle, do you feel comfortable doing that or would you like me Absolutely to do it? Absolutely not. Not okay. after my, our, <laughs> not after <laughs> Thursdays. Yeah. You, you got a little wily up there. You got yeah. a little square. That's okay. It's not, it's not easy to describe these cartoons sometimes, especially when they're uh, ones like this. So yeah. I'm going to go super, super general with it. So we are talking about a universe in which, um, 
you know, parallel universes are more mainstream. It's more of an understood thing. And there's actually a division of science that kind of studies around the traveling between dimensions. And those are called gallantry. What was the word you would put? Uh, phase shifting. Phase shifting, right? right? So sometimes uh, voluntary, which is, you know, they've created machines to jump to different universes. And most of the time, actually, uh, we're seeing it happen when they don't mean to. Uh, so the science ends up coming to the point where it's like, you know, the technology is able to decipher if you've, you know, done a shift or not and all this stuff. And it kind of gets very convoluted, but the moral of the story here is it's, it's, it's a duo movie that's kind of dealing with two love stories all, uh, revolving around our main character. Now the big, obviously marketing push with this one was in fact the, the thing of, well, depending on which movie you watch first, it's going to change the outcome. It's going to give it a different vibe than the other. Now, did that particularly hit? We will also be getting into that. But if this is something that uh, you're interested in, you can check it out on Crunchyroll. It's very accessible, easy to watch. Um, it, if you know how to type in the name <laughs> of these damn movies. But <laughs> that aside, uh, very accessible. So if you guys want to go check that out and not get spoiled, now is the time. Head on out. Come on back uh, whenever you're feeling like uh, you want to hear us talk about it. If you ever do. I don't know. I don't know. Do your thing. Uh, so yeah, spoilers inbound beginning now. All right. Now the big, the big premise with today's episode and having Gabe on was we watched it in opposite orders. So we're going to kind of vibe off of one another to see if this marketing ploy in fact worked. Uh, I was trying to, and it probably wasn't the best to do during this experience, but while watching it, I was trying to think, mm-hmm. all right, if these were reversed, da, 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 yeah. You know, which I don't know, maybe was thinking too much into it, but thus is life. Now, because I have to stare at the title to understand. So what we did, ours was we color coded it, right? So there's two movie posters, a pink one and a blue one. We started pink into blue. So the uh, to the me who loved you into the to every you I've loved before and Gabe doing the opposite to every you I've loved before into to the me who loved you. who loved every you or whatever Mm -hmm. um yeah 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 so i guess going into it let's at least just start with effective or not danielle do you think that all this hubbub hype lessened the experience helped with the experience and do you think that it actually struck where it was supposed to so i didn't read a lot of the hubbub i knew it was relatively gaining some recognition, but I didn't know what people's review of it was. Sure. Um, like, I hate to like go too into it. I, I don't think I thoroughly enjoyed the viewing experience. Um, I feel like sometimes plots such as this that deal with time travel, listen, love me a good time travel plot. But if there's way too many idiosyncrasies that I can't follow, I just, my brain starts to get fried. And I had to watch two movies (laughs) where that was the main point. And my brain, like I could not keep up. It was probably a dual of the concepts I just couldn't follow. And then I'm also reading, you know, the subs. Sure. We're not listening to it dubbed where like maybe I could keep up with it a little bit more. There were a lot of things where 
I was reading it, but my brain couldn't compute what I was reading in enough time to like fully understand it. And admittedly, I think I will have a complaint that goes along with that. But for now, let's let's take a little gander into Gabe's mind. What do you think? Did it uh, strike a chord with you? And do you think it was effective? I think with this style of watch, I don't think of anything currently exists like this, like with you watch two movies and then you watch them in reverse to see how they are. Um, I think that each of these movies would have been better if it was just one, to Mm. be honest. Yeah. I think because they focus on different characters, the style that in which it's told feels different, but because we're tossed around, like to Daniel's point, it just feels kind of hard to follow. Like it was very confusing to start for me with the blue movie, which is like to every you have loved before. Mm-hmm. Every every time I say that title, I'm like saying to all the boys <laughs> I love before, because that, that's a movie that exists on Netflix. That is a funner watch, in my opinion. <laughs> sure. But, but I think it just like the pacing feels weird. And like, I thought it was going to be like a red version Pokemon and a blue version yeah. Pokemon. And just choose which one you like. Mm-hmm. Choose your starter and then you can like play it again i guess or something like that right but i think because of the the gimmick quote unquote of the way you need to enjoy these movies it also kind of siphons and robs the other movie of its like uh brilliance i guess sure that makes sense yeah no because i think most people going into it know the shtick and it's at the forefront of their mind which it's like now they're, your, your brain's working hard on like, a, well, I should remember all this stuff so that when I go into the next one, I, you know, I'll remember and do all this and all that stuff. And ultimately, I can agree. I think this would have been fine if it was one movie because, and I'll end up shredding into it a little bit uh, because I truly, uh, <laughs> I, I'll go ahead and say it, this didn't hit the mark and it was not effective one iota for me. For some reasons that I hope come across as, you know, not just being a jerk, but actually, you know, uh, are valid in some way, shape or form. But if, if you guys don't think so, then guess what? I'm just going to hop to another bubble. Um, <laughs> and, and I was saying to you both earlier, <laughs> there's something about movies with um, the, the image of a bubble at its core that really the universe and me don't align. <laughs> Um, if that joke hasn't hit you, you should check out our episode talking about the Netflix movie. Well, I don't know if it's a Netflix movie, but that's where we watched it. Bubble, the anime. Oh, if I'm ever, you know, having some road rage, I like to put that episode on if I'm ever going to listen to myself talk and that one, that one gets all the anger out. Um, yeah. So I think I'm in agreement. I guess we'll, let's start with some positives. Mm-hmm. Let, let's, let's start with a positive note and, and let's go from there. For a no-name studio, right, mm-hmm. um, and for a dual-directed thing, so this was a different director for each movie. Oh, old, interesting. Old okay. strategy, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling that had to do with, obviously, um, you know, time crunching and things like that, and the directors could just talk to one another and all that stuff. All that matters is that it was written by the same person in between the two, so that's fine. The, 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 prob- the problem is that, like, a lot of the stuff it does well is stuff that's a little um, overused at this point, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think it's the same for all people, but like for me. So 
gorgeous visuals for most of it. I think the art was sound. They're using all the different techniques that kind of give a modern anime movie the look that it's got. So well produced, you know, is what it is. The voice acting, very mad though. I, what did you feel with that one, Gabe? I think it feels that way after looking at the bios of the voice actors. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are, a lot of their works I wouldn't, wasn't really familiar with, mostly because they've done a lot more like live action yeah. type of movies. I'm not exactly sure the craft of how acting in real life movies translates to voice acting. Because uh, clearly we've seen it work really well with like Howl's Moving Castle with mm-hmm. and also recently your guys watch with My Neighborhood Totoro mm-hmm. where you have these in real life actors translating into voice actors. Mm. So I think for this one, I did feel that same way where it did kind of feel off in some way, their mm-hmm. performances. Um, I think it also didn't help that some of the characters were a little bit flat in the beginning and then they become a lot more colorful later. Sure. Um, but I guess it lends that if it didn't feel as colorful later on, it just probably didn't hit as hard as it should have. Yeah. And I looking at his name, want to call him uh, Hayao Miyazaki, but <laughs> Hio Miyazawa, our, our main dude's voice actor from assuming once he's slightly grown up, that was the most abrasive thing for me because he's supposed to be. Well, I noticed it more. And I'm sorry, I'll let you no, finish. No, go ahead. I did notice his voice change was way more abrasive, as you're saying, in the pink cover to me, the one who loved you. Yes. I don't, you don't mm. notice it as much when you watch the blue cover one. Sure. It's mainly in the pink one. Because, yeah, he goes from the young uh, version of him. And yes, voices change, but it, it I have heard puberty voice changes. <laughs> this dude's balls dropped to the center of the earth because he went from this high pitched voice to something that was like. It should have been like college age. Yeah, this voice. dude should have maybe upped the upped the octaves a couple just to try and act it out. But it was too. And don't get me wrong. Looking at him, obviously a stud with a with a deep voice. Uh, just not for this role. I think that was cast a little weak. But well, and my comment to you when we were like, oh, that's a deep voice. I've I've heard anime where a high schooler because he was a high schooler at the point where his voice dropped. Mm -hmm. I've heard other voice actors. I don't bat an eye when their voice is that deep, but their physical appearance matches somewhat. They're taller. You know, he still had the same kind of scraggly. Not that scraggly is bad, but like a very youthful, underdeveloped look from when he was probably in grade school to now he's in high school. Did you say not that Scraggly's bad as like a, oh, let me catch myself before people notice that I'm talking about my husband. (laughs) I wouldn't say you're Scraggly. Like this, this guy looks like borderline, like he needs to eat more meals. Ain't that the truth? I know I complained about that on an episode, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that guy, that kid weighs 70 pounds wet. I love, I love that old thing. Uh, Well, and two, the reason we don't bat an eye on other things, because we've called that out several times. Tokyo Revenger was a huge one. Where we're like, okay, you're telling me Draken's in high school <laughs> or middle school? Yeah. That dude's talking like a beast, but uh, th- that aside. Now, back to kind of like looping in what I think was potentially done okay, which is I'm really grasping at straws at this point, is the music was fine. 
I just think that the timing of it all was a little odd and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and oh, man, other than that, it's, it's really grabbing at straws. Do either of you two have another positive that you'd see from this? I'll let Gallon Tree go. Yeah, I have a couple. I think it's also because, well, first of all, I think that my order of the watch, so blue movie first, then pink, was the inferior style or inferior mode of enjoying these movies. Um, I think it favors Shiori a lot. Shiori is the main girl yeah. from pink movie because the blue movie opens with this random girl who you just forget about immediately because it introduces, uh, what's her name? Kazune, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Kazune and the rest of blue. Um, and then brings back Shiori later on. Uh, but I think for me, the blue movie felt very much like a scientific uh, movie that had romantic elements that sure. turned into a coming of age type of film. And I love coming of age type of stuff because you can see relationships kind of develop. You can see Kazune and I always screw up this guy's name, Koyomi. Koyomi like their yeah. relationship from very beginning to when they finally start dating, to when they get married, to when they have kids. Um, of kids, also happy belated Mother's Day to those that celebrates, and also to Danielle, happy Mother's Day. Oh, that's right. I forget this is coming out on Monday. Oh, yeah. I forget. We're recording so early. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah happy Mother's um, Day, everyone, and you, Danielle. Thank you. Thanks for the reminder, Gabe. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I just felt kind of bad because we were talking about the news recap of Father's Day for Spy Family. <laughs> and it's obviously Mother's Day yesterday, right? On Sunday. So it's yeah. kind of like, oh, did yeah. Spy Family forget a mother somewhere? Or Yeah, yeah right. And y'all better have told your mama you love her. Even if you're not feeling it right now, you better have said it. Um, and uh, good well wishes as uh, Gabe's mom is on the other side of the planet. But I hope she's having a great uh, day as of yesterday. Yeah. Happy yes. Mother's Day, Mom. Bingo. If she will ever listen to this, well, I'll, <laughs> no. I'll definitely share it with her just so that she can hear this. She'll um, hear the intro and go, nah, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to splice that for her. But speaking of Mother's Day, spe uh, segueing into the Blue movie, mm -hmm. has a lot of motherly elements because you get to see Koyomi and Kazune have a kid together. Uh, the kid's name is Ryol. And yeah, like you see them first uh, become lovers to finally having a kid and growing up together. Whereas like the pink movie, I didn't feel as invested. And this movie felt like a more romantic, passionate kind of uh, start to the series, mm -hmm. um, which I think was the way to go first, then leading into blue. It's funny because I was watching with some of my friends. Uh, to get their impressions of what they thought. And they said that the blue movie felt like a fan fiction. Mm. Like after, if you had watched the pink one first and watching the blue, the blue just seems like, you know, extra uh, content. If you are very, very curious about this other girl, Kazune, mm. who you don't even get to meet until like maybe halfway through the pink movie. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, but in the pink movie, um, you don't feel as, in, or for me personally, I didn't feel as invested in Shiori at all because you just see they're kind of 
like very young love, you know, and then it gets kind of cut. Um, it gets cut short because obviously she's uh, spoiler alert. She dies. <laughs> uh oh, she got isekai'd in her own little isolated street corner thing there. Um, but then with Kazune and Koyomi, I enjoy their relationship a lot. Watching the blue movie first because that was an actual relationship that I was like observing with them, and their little quirks together were really funny. So like. Um, Kazune is just, I mean, uh, Koyomi is this typical dude who's a genius, right? But he's yeah. so dumb when it comes to social <laughs> interactions, especially with Kazune with this girl. Absolutely. But they understand each other and they get along great later on. So, yeah. And with yours, obviously, me trying to think of the different orders and whatnot, the ending of Blue has that nice, cute moment of, hey, um, and, and just the great scenes with Kazune with the whole, you know, if there were a hundred versions of me, a uh, hundred versions of you, I know a hundred versions Ooh. of me would love you. I think that's a cute, we'll be seeing that on a Hallmark card or something. Um, you know, and just talking about life's fluctuations of happy and sad, but ultimately being happy to be together and all that stuff. Yeah. From going into such a, uh, intense Kazune love and then going into the pink, I can see where there might be a disconnect where you're like, well, I don't really care about this other one. I think the mix and the way that we watched it, had a nice balance where we got both in just a bit. I think you could, if I was going to recommend this, I would tell people literally just watch the pink one. You were, you were kind of dead on where it's like the blue. Yeah. I kind of almost dreaded it. I, I thought, you know, whatever this can add, I just don't see it adding much more because we had already kind of dabbled in the both dimensions and getting both love stories. We already knew that in some sense he loved Kazune at some level to be able to marry and have children with her. And then yes, while still having this passion of the other girl, it was something that wasn't enough to get in the way of him still being a great husband for Kazune and all that stuff. So it's like, we kind of had both of that. When you get into the blue, now it's like, okay, you're just going to watch this relationship. And to a point where it was so much into the movie that we don't see um, the other girl, uh, Shiori, that I'm like, I don't even see these movies being connected in the order in which we watched it. I don't think there's a good order to watch the movies because as we said, I don't think it should be two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the blue movie could have been better if Shiori wasn't in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. When I was watching, I totally forgot Shiori was even part of the movie until like there was this other crisis where like I don't even remember why she already was brought up again, but they have to reintroduce the first character that you see in this movie. Yeah. And it seems like Kazune and Koyomi's relationship had its own significance where it could stand on its own because they go through their own little crisis that's not even like addressed in the pink movie, obviously. Uh, but I think that is an interesting plot in and of itself where it could stand alone. Sure. I think, well, like, again, and I keep calling it a shtick because at this point, I think it was more a marketing ploy than anything to actually help this be enjoyable. But like, I think it's enough for fans to get just even a, hey, there's two movies coming out. They're both in the same universe. And maybe it's the main character in his different universes focusing on the love at its core um, with either or. In Blue, 
we had enough drama surrounding the fact of his wife's kind of existential uh, jumping. You have almost a background story of her jumping in between uh, these parallel universes, trying to see her son again, which I think that is such a strong, um, you know, primal emotion right there that if the movie was about that, that was the best section of the movie. And that Mm -hmm. was only unfortunately like five minutes, right, Danielle? And so it's like, that being the strongest part, it's like, I wish that was kind of our main lead. That was pretty damn, uh, you know, and also the, just the way it was trying to tell it too. It's like that thing at the like outdoor museum or whatever it was yeah. doing with the yeah. knife and stuff. I was like, that was pretty riveting for oh, all yeah, of 30 like, seconds. Yeah. I thought that was going to play a much bigger role than it did. I think, I think having... Cause that was, that was the biggest substance for me of the whole story is seeing Kazune and her motherly crisis of, you know, having that aggressive jump, trying to get her son back Mm -hmm. and Koyomi struggling with the fact, like, you're not like, you're not the wife that like is supposed to be in this universe. So you need to leave. So the real Kazune, like all of that stuff, while very heart-wrenching and emotional, it was great to watch. But then on the other point, it's like, but where's the person out? Where's the Kazune that is supposed to be present in this timeline? Like that's, and when I can't understand those fundamental details while minute, frustrates me. Well, it's disconnecting (laughs) and it's also... I don't know, because Kazune in and of herself is like, is a pretty good character. The complexity is relatively there. She's very Sundarea. Shit starts Mm. as a competition and kind of gets better. The little game she's playing with the watch and, you know, all these uh, Japanese kids getting to live out this thing where they get to go to dates at karaoke bars, which, man, (laughs) if you ever walk into one in the United States, you're like, yeah, that was a weird experience. And it seems to be (laughs) apparently a staple, judging from anime. The thing is that I was so content. And as far as the relationships go in these movies, all we had, and this is going to segue into one of my bigger complaints, Shiori, I didn't feel much for that relationship at all because the relationship was established via a Radwimps knockoff. Yes, I've used that before, but Uh I mean it this time. (laughs) A Radwimps knockoff montage. This Mm. was something that was so going heavy into cliches of things that they've seen. You know, Shinkai having such success, there's obviously going to be people trying to, you know, replicate the formula. They did it in such a weird, quick, Boom, suddenly a montage is going on. You're seeing the characters having conversations, but you can't hear them because they've ramped the sound to 11. It's like Faye got to our fucking radio <laughs> and just turned it up as we're all still at a party trying to talk. And like, well, it was cute to see them growing up together. I didn't give a hoot. That just looks like a high school relationship that could crash and burn and call it a day. I mean, it did crash and burn. And in this case, it was her getting hit by a car, as we had mentioned. Truckoon still... Working overtime. I don't even understand how that can still be, you know, at this point we need a truckoon centric anime, if you think about it, which I guess would just be Transformers, but <laughs> that aside, it was so put together in this weird, dumb little montage that like, 
Yeah, watching the pink one first, well, I was relatively invested because, well, you have to be. It's the main plot point. By the time I got to the second one, I kind of forgot about her. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel a connection enough where I'm like, he needs to get back to her. No, I'm like, oh, yeah, this cousin is kind of cute. Love her ponytail. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Keep with her. You should have a great family. And then at the end, they're pushing the whole, he's going to meet her. I'm like, oh, shit, that chick. She's just <laughs> living. She's just living in the street corner. She's just fucking doing her thing over there. It was just odd. It was, you know. Yeah. I, I think know. too, like after watching the pink movie, because the Kazune Koyomi relationship was that Brad Wimps knockoff montage <laughs> in that right. movie, a lot of my favorite parts of the entire two movie watch were just glossed over. So, like, my favorite scene is when they're both in the karaoke room and Kazune is kind of just like talking to Koyomi that, like, oh, like, I'm actually your girlfriend in mm. world 85 or whatever world she's from. And that throws him for a loop because he's like, oh, like, what do we do now? And all throughout this, like, she's very stoic. She's very reserved. And she does. She's really cold. But then compared to the adult version, when they're also in this karaoke room, suddenly she's a lot more like animated she refuses to take a drink when they were younger, but now she's drunk. She's the yeah. one actually drinking. I thought that was really cute um, to have them both in that karaoke room when they're younger and then older. And then also like another fun uh, scene that I really enjoyed in the blue movie was when they were so invested in their like science work that when they were on the subway, they had no paper or, mm-hmm. or oh, yeah, they had yeah. no paper. And so they were just writing their formulas on their shirts. So on their way back home, you can see them curry home and you can see the formulas on their back. And then they have to like strip down and then take off their clothes to write the formulas down. It's it was just a really fun kind of slice of life type of like humor that I just totally wish I got to see a little bit more in Pink Movie. But that's why they made you watch the Blue Movie. So right. And something I don't know if Tom's going to bring up going to the pink movie. I think I'm I'm going to assume it was both of our gripes is in the pink movie. Koyomi is so obsessed and right, rightfully so. I mean, he feels a lot of guilt mm-hmm. for doing the the time jumping to try and make it to where their parents aren't divorced so they can actually be together and get married. Mm-hmm. And her, unfortunately basically dying well dying and then being a vegetable in like the actual timeline that they're living and all the more i mean worsened by the fact that if you pause the movie just right you actually see uh kayomi driving the car (laughs) you know (laughs) wouldn't that actually be a pretty good easter egg that'd be pretty wild and then you're like why is this guy even trying to help her he's the one who did it i was actually i thought because i was like okay we got some drama and I was expecting something to be uncovered with the driver of the car, but nothing happened. No, that dude's just, he's still living his life out in the countryside. That guy didn't get caught, nothing. He's just chilling. At large. Um, but anywho, my biggest annoyance is Kazume, Kazune being a complete doormat, basically, in the pink movie, mm. knowing mm. that Kiyomi is actual like love of his life that he is working every day in this special division 
like to save his first love. And it's like, yeah, I'll still marry you and like have sex with you and have a kid. But like, I'm still like my life's mission is to save this girl like that. And and that's, I think, juxtaposed to the blue movie. Mm -hmm. I think I loved he meets up with the Shiori he doesn't know. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, I was happy to. And that I and her getting the letter Kazune from the other timeline who's explaining to her what who Kiyomi is going to see. Yeah. From different timeline, Kazune's world. <laughs> sure. She's got to have like as a wife who loves her husband, an existential crisis and a, a husband who's going to be dying soon. Yeah. Uh, Confirmed. They gave, they gave that dude an expiration date, apparently, <laughs> which is pretty brutal. Yeah. So, you know, she's trying to probe as he's home after meeting unknown Shiori in this mm-hmm. timeline. And I could only imagine as a wife, knowing what your husband just just did at the street corner and that he potentially doesn't like fully love you 100 percent in this other timeline. That would be like, first off, fuck that other timeline, Kazunate. Why would you even do that? I would have wrote a letter back saying (laughs) saying unsubscribe. Anyway, so I I think juxtaposed from the pink movie of how I how I hated how while uh, probably unmeaning that Kiyomi probably treated Kazune, I loved as you already mentioned, you know, the hundred different versions of mm-hmm. me is always going to love, you know, the hundred different versions of you yeah. or whatever he said that like. Whatever doubts or feelings that Kazune may have been feeling, I felt as the viewer and putting myself in her shoes as a wife, it's like totally like washed all yeah. of that like anxiety away. And it's like, oh, like now that like that felt good. Well, followed up too by a stellar anime kiss. A lot of anime kisses are just weird teen angst where you're like, oh, okay, you know, good. I'm glad they're in love and they're kissing. But it's not like a, a love like a love love kiss this after saying such a sweet thing to her they are a married couple they've you know withstood they've had this long life together that kiss hit a little bit different than a normal anime kiss so i will give the movie that like that was a, a lot better you know uh yomomoji yomoji sorry did a little uh, a little extra in there yomoji otono the original story writer i believe mm-hmm. he I'm not going to shit on, I think this was almost a ready player one where like this was just hearkening back to a bunch of like, it was an homage to a lot of things that are successful in anime. Mm. I just, um, and while I think that most of it didn't hit, there were some good stuff. So I think hats off to him and also just kind of putting this project together is nice. I don't think that there was a cohesion between the two films uh, as much as I was expecting. There was Mm. not like an intermixing. It, It wasn't like a dance. But it was mm. more so just like a, um, I don't know, a divided garden with like some of the same plants where you're like, oh, look at that tomato plants seeping over to the other one. It's like at the end of the day, even story wise, we are acknowledged at the end here of like, oh, hey, like, listen, we are so distant apart in our universes here that things are different, but then they're different for you, too. Um, so yeah, like just, if you can hook it up and let him try and say hi to this ghost chick, that'd be great. It's like the, the, the connection itself was as feeble as, uh, as, uh, Shiori's connection to the world. If I'm honest, like, I don't know. 
It was just kind of bleak in that way. Now, if I can just rattle off a couple more things as to what I truly killed the experience for me. Mm. Um, one called the car accident from, uh, you know, (laughs) pun intended here, a fucking Mm -hmm. mile away. Uh, (laughs) the car angle was also a bit bonkers. I don't know. Was he taking a U-turn? Yeah. was taking a right turn, but then was coming into the other. We're talking a three, four lane road. And that guy went all the way to the outside. Like he's an F1 racer. So it's like, eh, I don't know about that, especially going that slow. Um, she should have dodged it, but you know, what do I know? I didn't write the story. Uh, another thing, the Nike sponsorship that was inevitable. I don't give a fuck who, I I don't care how much they paid. If the, if a movie ever does that, I'm done with it. Oh, and Guinness. Oh, well the Guinness thing at least made sense because it it went to to something, but the amount of times Mm. we just went to his shoes. That's and then true. people here will, I, I would guarantee you someone in the internet is like, oh, I thought the Nike shoes was a good way to tell what universe we were in. It's like, well, hey, guess what? I don't give a shit because <laughs> they went to those shoes on shots that didn't, didn't even make sense. It, it didn't, it was, bon- oh, I just keep saying bonkers because I'm feeling <laughs> fucking bonkers. Um, and then yes, the bubble universe mumbo jumbo, okay, killed the movie. I understand it's got these scientific undertones. But what the the writer here, or just honestly the studios, as they were bringing this into fruition, didn't doesn't understand is it's like a college project where in college art school when you're making videos, the intentions are always off. They're like weirdly putting effort where it doesn't need to be. The viewer doesn't give a shit about these fake parallel universe science terms. I don't know if you did, Gabe, but as far as me and the enjoyment. If, if at the center is a love story or even a love triangle in this case, um, yeah, rest in peace, Kazane of that one universe, what a pushover. Don't like her there, but then she does the best turnaround in the, in the blue movie. But, you know, they're sitting there for minutes upon minutes at a time. It's like Tarantino, when he's doing a film and they're just sitting there talking, it's in art as he's doing such methodical, nice little things to keep the viewer engaged, whether it be camera angles, whether it be just kind of the back and forth and what he's doing. There's not enough film etiquette within this anime to sustain a a conversation that goes on as long as they were when they sat there going, yes, the fluctuations between the, you know what the user cares about? Hey, can we get this chick back or not? Oh, we can. Okay, great. Because at one point during one of the conversations, me and Danielle, I looked at her, I'm like, Am I in a fucking time loop? <laughs> because they had said like the same thing two times within 20 seconds. And I'm like, we just said that. Yeah. Why are you saying that again? <laughs> um, and so it came off very uh, Big Bang Theory-esque of like mm. wanting to seem smart by mm. setting all these rules for the viewer for it to not pay off. If any of this actually came into the narrative, I would have been invested. But the, all that mattered was, hey, universe is split we could theoretically pinpoint one. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their eye watches are pretty cool too, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I think the divorce theme, yeah, that's more common nowadays. That's a nice wide net. You're going to be able to get some emotional attachment through some of your viewers there. But I thought the, it was a pretty cheap trick with the, well, my favorite part in that subsection dealing with Kazune and her grief over losing her kid. I thought that was such a out of left field in the context of the movie and how the importance that it put in that scene. It was so out of left field that I, I almost saw that as, oh, let's go ahead and just 
use a kid's death to do the emotional attachment for our viewers. It wasn't genuine. It didn't do much except for give us appearing, appear into like what could have been a better story, but it was so rushed and it's just, you know, eh, I don't know. Mm. It did not land. And I know I, my, obviously everyone's going to have uh, different strokes for different folks, but just, a, just an odd, um, modge podge of things with these movies that, to me, just put it in a, in a realm of its own where it's like, uh, never going to watch those again. I, I will not do the repeat order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Daniel's with me on that because by the time the second one ended, we just laughed and went, nah, they're all right. Now, um, now, Gabe, you watching it uh, blue to pink, did you see that there was something after the credits for the pink one? For some, okay, so I think one of my gripes is that I wasn't as invested anymore. Like my attention span was kind of like dwindling. Yeah. And then we just get to this random old lady who I I know she's trying to drive a theme, uh, a a point home, but for her to be like the cliffhanger for the pink movie um, for my watch, I was like, that wouldn't really motivate me to watch the blue movie at all. Like it kind of leaves her in mystery Mm-hmm. And it remains like when I was watching the blue movie, I was like, who is this like girl? Is there like another girl that we did not know about? Is there a third one that they're just going to adapt? Actually, <laughs> yeah. there's um, I'm on the Wikipedia right now and there's actually a third novel. Oh, boy. So there's so there's a to every you have loved before. And then to me, the one who loved you. And then a third one, which is called because I'm calling your name. Um, mm. and this one is like the most recent written work. So this one is released in August 10 of 2022. Whereas the other two novels stated before were in 2016 in June. So I, that if there was a third movie, it couldn't get any more complicated already. <laughs> yeah. But back to my point with this old lady. Um, <laughs> yeah, that bitch. Get her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on Mother's Day. Oh yeah! Oh, whoops. Yeah. whoops. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but like that, the the line that I sprinkled in during my introduction was like, "My name's not important. I'm nobody special." That kind of left me more like frustrated. Like, what? Why? Like, why even? I don't know. That's just what made me so confused, especially because <sighs> she was the punctuation mark to the pink movie. And we don't see her face until the blue movie. But I wouldn't be curious enough or even have the attention span to even remember that this lady was even in the pink movie. Mm. Sure. Yeah. And we didn't really know what the point of. So the pink one having the credits and then an after credits. It's like, is that after credits for if this was the end movie for you and we shouldn't have watched that Mm. before getting into the blue which I'm thinking is the case that of course is all, um, you know, under the pretense that any of it mattered, mm-hmm. which again, I think we've kind of definitively concluded that I don't think the matter, the, the order matters in any way, shape or form because the ending is absolute. You're supposed to just feel like a, that was a love story. I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. If anything, as Gabe so eloquently put, I was exhausted. <laughs> this was too much. 
yeah, it's just not, um, and I'm sorry. Cause I know some people out there probably very, very much enjoyed this, but it sucked. It sucked ass. And I don't, I don't, um, it's not on my recommended list unless, as I said, uh, if you're going to just watch it, just watch the pink one, but Okay, so so you just saying that. Okay, go ahead. I enjoyed the blue one more. Because I feel like the pink one, he's just chasing his tail the whole time. The pink one allows for the resolution of two relate. You get a dose of two relationships, which is kind of the point of the entire tale. I agree that the I think the story of the blue was better, but a standalone the pink, we are getting both characters and in the context we're seeing kind of both universes we see him fall in love and granted it's a pushover version of her he is in love um i guess that's true with her on there i'm not saying i'm right but that's just my personal so if you you think blue would be the one to watch well see but now i might have to i might have to take that back because i think because us watching it pink cover you get a lot of the background of how this shifting works the science behind it and the uh, basis of what the story is about. So I don't know if you can watch the blue one independently because he's not, he's not talking as deep about the shifting and the possibilities and the bubbles and stuff like that mm-hmm. in the blue one. So it might be more confusing if you don't, if Perhaps. you do watch it by itself. I think, a good way that we generally like to uh, kind of contextualize and kind of bring ourselves is we will we'll nitpick and look at like a review of this movie to see what the internet's talking about. Oh yeah, lay it on me. What do people think? Um, this one I've got to go in on it because this oh, makes yeah. me laugh. Uh, tell me what you think of this review here. Uh, though sometimes a bit strange, Bokuai, which is like people are shortening this because it's a fucking mm-hmm. brutal thing to have to say every time. <laughs> um, though sometimes a bit strange, Bokuai defies reality with its themes of fate intertwined in love defies reality you say is it because it's a fucking anime Hmm, i don't know maybe uh that aside this person came out here basically it's it's a long-winded thing i think it's relatively okay valid points on why they liked it but it's weird to see someone who ends their review with I ended up loving Bokoai more than I thought would be possible. And they gave it a final score of 86 out of 100. So someone who loves this movie is absolutely thrilled to no end, gave it a B. So that's kind of where I'm at, where I don't, uh, people are going to love it, but they're still going to understand that it's maybe not the best. Mm -hmm. Now, Gabe, thoughts on if you had to just watch one standalone, what do you think? And we are going to judge you because we've both sides have been set. So whose side are you on here? <laughs> right. I think <laughs> I still stand by if I had to forcibly choose an order, a watch order, and you had to watch them together. You couldn't watch them separately. It's definitely pink then blue. But then if I had to watch one again and I had to watch one just by itself, I would just watch the blue one. Mm-hmm. I think oh, I was okay. refraining from re-watching the blue one just to preserve my feelings, I guess, or impressions of my watch order mm-hmm. and not hyper-analyze it too, too much. But deep down, I still kind of really want to watch the blue one again just because I, I like, my shtick is I love slice of life and romance type of, like, shows for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can get that fixed with the blue movie. I don't think I can get that with the pink one. Yes. 
I could probably watch the blue movie until Shiori appears and then I'm pausing it and then I probably won't <laughs> resume it again. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, I think too, like their treatment of the science phase shifting in which they deal with things. I think it's cool to see it done differently. So like in the pink movie, they both like know that crisis. Like, so there's, you know, the dog and the grandpa. So the guy has to choose between, do I want grandpa or do I want dog? And then he like suddenly realizes like, oh, this is how the universe works. And then another problem with the pink movie is that like, oh, we face shifted together. Now you're trapped in this other world because you died. But then in the blue one, their face shifting becomes a problem when he can't keep track of who Kazune is. And Kazune gets lost. And also they have like a kid that's involved. So now it gets more complicated in a familial setting. Yeah, I think that it was more... And to that point, I think that was the more riveting uh, story device was not knowing which wife, uh, you know, which, uh, what's her name was around. Kazune. Kazune. I thought that was the much more interesting dynamic than like a let's chase. It was, I was less about the chase of something and more so about like the, ooh, granted again, Mm. only seen in one short burst. So it's like, there's something there. It's just, it wasn't, yeah. Now, did I miss something in the pink one? And I noticed it in the blue one. So first off, their like shifting device in the blue movie was like super like high end. They put some budget behind it that was not in the pink pink covers universe. Yeah, yeah. But um, it we only see them shift in the pink movie when they're in that capsule. Correct. They're all they're only shifting to different time lines in that capsule but in the blue movie is she just shifting on her own Kazune because that's something I didn't understand she's got the watch and she would check to see like she was at zero she was herself I'm assuming that was her timeline and then if the number changed she was shifting to a different timeline but I didn't get how she could do that without the capsule I think they said that it was something that just unintentionally happens sometimes, but then the science was coming in and saying, oh, we can force it. So in oh. the blue, I think that they lined it up in such a way that actually some of the ones that seem to have just happened were actually that universe from the other movie ramming in and kicking them out and shifting them because they were shifting to there. Mm. You know, that, that's the way I took it at the very least. I, okay. I could understand for Koyomi, like if he was ever like, oh, where am I? Or like something's different, but I didn't because Kazune is not at the center in the pink universe to use the capsule, at least from what we can see. So that's something that I, but yeah, if she can just do it on her own and that's the explanation, that's, that's fine. But I must've missed that, but okay. Yeah. I felt like I was missing things throughout watching it because. Of how uninterested I was. <laughs> um, but that's just me being harsh, obviously. So all in all, I think final closing thoughts on this as a whole, because it being two movies, you can talk in circles about it or whatever. I think uh, while the the idea was sound, while even kind of the bare bones of what's going on in these movies is pretty sound, uh, execution, unfortunately, not on par with the amount of hype. I'm not saying that hype made this a worse movie, but it certainly did not help. I will tell you that much. 
um, it's a good one to at least kind of get into a into a groove of trying to critically think about a story. I think this is a fun one if your group of friends turns it into the game of everyone watches it in a different order and then discusses. That's kind of fine. And I do like a movie that gets people talking. This one probably doing that. I think if I was 13, this would have been so deep. I would be online giving it an 86 saying that it blew me away. But unfortunately, um, and I'm, uh, I'm an old calloused man who's seen a lot better. So I think there's deeper themes that they could have taken with. And obviously it, it, it has to be in the source material. So you can't obviously change the movies too far, but I think, I think a stronger point to really hit home uh, would have been the point, which they kind of do. I kind of thought about it, but I don't know if they were meaning to Mm -hmm. was how, and I don't know what, what yours Gabe and yours Tom idea of, of this thought is I think, I think in our, obviously we don't, we don't shift. I don't think that's something that happens in. Oh, you don't shift. I don't believe in like parallel universes and stuff like that. But um, I think a theme that could have been really nailed down in these movies that would have made it very interesting and introspective is you can choose to live a happy life with multiple people. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I personally believe, sorry, Tom, that you're destined for one person. I think Are you're you kidding me? I think you're I think you meet and you're right with one person, whoever you meet, but I don't I don't think that the world is set up where the universe only wants you to have one person. You're not in the star crossed lovers game, is what you're saying. No. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm holding back crying. <laughs> um. So I think having that point, because he's obsessed with Shuri in the pink movie, loves her, whatever, and ends up does having a life with Kazune. And then you see his totally opposite life in the blue movie, totally in love with Kazune. And that one, you can kind of see like he's able to live happily loving two different people. I think that would be... I I wish they kind of like maybe went in on that idea a little bit more that destiny can lead you down different routes. Sure. And I think that's kind of the point of this and the use of the parallel things is essentially that obviously uh, every decision you make and they're pushing it, obviously every decision you make, you know, parallel universe, you would have maybe done the other yada, yada. Uh, But uh, at its core, none of it matters because you're always going to be chasing uh, what could have been, but then our end goal here obviously being, hey, sad times, good times. Uh, and then honestly, that's kind of struck very early on between, unfortunately for, uh, grandpa, uh, his life equated to a dog's life because <laughs> the dog dies. They do a jump. Oh, uh, the dog's alive. Cool. Oh, grandpa's dead. Dang it. And it's like, <laughs> okay. So like, which one's more sad for you, kiddo? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, but no, I, you can probably reach for some straws within people will find meaning in a bunch of different things. You know what I mean? Um, catch, yeah. catch yourself in, in a different mental mindset and you can end up crying over two bunnies eating one celery stalk to the center. And you'd be like, that's so cute. I could cry right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just all obviously a multitude of factors. There's not much in this world that is obviously black and white. It's more so just, there's a lot of gray and this is very much exploring 
that gray zone of how someone would handle different circumstances and try as they might. Um, fate is kind of final. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, we've got a guy who's using his entire life's work um, and just working himself to death to try and chase something and ultimately never really gets what he wants. So kind of more so a commercial for, hey, man, chill out, dude. Life's life, man. Mm. You know? Mm. That's what, the, you know, that's where I'm at with it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Sometimes I wonder if this is me thinking on like a meta level, I guess, but like if this movie was a slave to the zeitgeist of our times right now, sure. meaning like the way that movies are shifting towards a metaverse kind of feel. Mm-hmm. So like there's so many shows and movies right now that are like, what if there was a Thomas and Daniela out there, you know, mm-hmm. living their lives, falling in love and how could you change your fate? You know, it makes things a lot more morally gray you know, like what would yeah. you settle for in this timeline of yours? And do you want to change that? Or do you just kind of like deal with what you're given? Um, so, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that point, but that no, I think that's what I, I feel like there. this movie. Yeah, was like a, a slave to in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have been a better watch if, for example, it had come before this whole meta metaverse wave of movies and media. But because of us watching it in that context, it just feels like cliche. You know, it just feels yeah. like another one of those type of movies. Mm. And, and, and so aptly uh, said earlier of like, honestly, it is like a fan film. Like this feels like an internet community got together and put together a love story. Or <laughs> maybe this was a chat GPT script <laughs> because it's like it's oh. all there, but it's just not it. And, you know, going along with the theme of this movie, obviously, um, there is an actual parallel universe where I want to watch this again. So um, <laughs> shout out to shout out to that Tom in that universe. He's also, um, you know, he, he's kind of sitting here going, wow, Danielle, uh, luckily we married her. Cause I, I, obviously there's some other people out there for her. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> listen, 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 caught you. On Mother's Day, no less. No, I'm just kidding. I I know what you're saying. Yeah, there's like compatibility with, yeah, I got you. Yeah. It was just a joke. I'm not actually butthurt, I promise. Now, just, just, I was going to say off air, uh, because I didn't know if we were going to get back on this topic, but I'm going, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to rewind and say, while, while I do do the sound though. Rewind. There it is. Um, while, while I might loosely, I don't like dead set a hundred percent hold that idea that you can have different love, uh, I guess paths with multiple people in, sure. in your life. I am, I am very happy that, uh, that I chose you, honey, Aww. and that we chose each other. I should thank say. you. Nice save. No, I'm just I was going to tell you off there. <laughs> no, truly. Yeah, no, I'm not actually about her. I just wanted to, I thought it was a, a decent joke and then it just actually kind of sounded like I was a little upset. No, we're good. We're good. I gotcha. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would be lying if like, since I said that, I've been trying to read your cues to see if you were a little. Oh, is that real? Oh, <laughs> poor thing. No, you... it's so funny because I knew like right away when I was watching this movie, like I'm happy to be a guest on this episode because I know this movie combination would stir the pot between you two because it brings up like very mature themes of like 
if there was like another parallel universe wife that you had or another per- parallel universe Thomas that you were mm-hmm. in love with instead of Tom, you know, like I'm happy to be here for it. <laughs> yeah. No, and actually they, they did um, in a different universe. They also rewrote this movie and it was Danielle saying the line at the end. She said, if there were a hundred uh, instances of this <laughs> happening, 75% of them would be with you. <laughs> Well, and you know what? I was going to say, I sound like such a hypocrite because I say that, like how, you know, I don't believe in star-crossed lovers, but then I love when he tells her the hundred different versions of me. (laughs) No, I mean, everyone's got the romantic in them. No, I, it it makes sense. I'm very glad we're together. But yes, obviously, um, if I had not gone to that school that's now demolished, Mm. I wouldn't have known you. And then, I mean, I hope I would still have gotten married at some point. Probably wouldn't have been as happy. But yeah, no, you can you can generally find a mate out there. Mm -hmm. And if that didn't work out, it was going to be a body pillow, (laughs) (laughs) which uh, when we were all perusing the Japanese, uh, what is it? Kino. Yeah, what's. Oh, I say it wrong all the time. Kinokuniya. Kinokia. Anyways, the, the, in the Japanese market, there's a bookstore and they had an aqua body p- pillow for like 200 and something bucks. I'm like, holy mother of shit. One, who's buying that thing? You know what I'm saying, dog? You need to chill it out. <laughs> and then two, someone who wants that pillow. I don't know if they're making that much cash, but maybe mm-hmm. they are. Maybe he made a, maybe, a, I don't know. Maybe he wrote this movie. Maybe this director would want it. <laughs> well, sorry, there's two directors. I'm not trying to make fun of the guy. What am I doing here? That is a expensive body pillow. That's a very expensive. Maybe it's uh maybe it's real soft. Well, it, it better be for, for now, $200. For now. <laughs> for now. Oh man. <laughs> well, no, after a couple washes, it's just not as soft. What were you guys thinking? He's <laughs> thinking something weird. Things are supposed to get softer with every wash. Mm, good catch. That's what Dawn Wait, tells me. What did me, you say? Whatever. Come again? Come again? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Cave legend. Uh, now, uh, I guess a question, and this, this is going to come across as pretentious, like, uh, let's talk about us for a second. But from the perspective, it was absolutely lovely meeting you. I know it's definitely, it's a weird dynamic. Like, we've met some people from the podcast, and it's obviously through, we're pretty open book on the podcast. It's like, so you knew a little bit about us meeting us. And then like, you know, we don't really know too much about you. So getting to know you was so great, but, um, in a way that could maybe validate it, were we pretty much the same people you expected based on the podcast or were we any different? That's a very good question. I think in my universe right now, (laughs) shifted out of, um, I got to know you guys really well naturally. And I think it's a personality thing. Mm. Um, I think we share the same values that we talked about offline and also like I feel like I was able to share a lot more with you both because you're a lot more uh like approachable and accessible people sure. like I'm I'm gonna plug the discord right now but hey. if you guys haven't already check out the discord because this community that we have is like kind of intimate where you could talk to people like Danielle Tom me and feel like you get to know them really well because they are just riffing on the podcast and <laughs> they do that in real life too. So it felt very natural for me to kind of just be included and just talk with them. And if it was like in any other discord with people on a podcast, it just feels like if you say something, it just lost to the wind out of all like the threads. And I don't know, I can't judge other discords, obviously. Sure. But this community that we have, I think, is really fun because you guys are already 
open and vulnerable. And that made me feel like I can open up a lot more to you. I mean, I told you my whole life story too, <laughs> within like just minutes of meeting you. And I wouldn't really do that for most people, especially people that I've met on the internet. You yeah. know, <laughs> who meets people on the internet? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I very much appreciate that. That's great to hear, obviously. And yeah, no, I, I, while I've not been maybe the most attentive and there's going to be weeks that I'm not because of work and things like that, I think we've built up enough, uh, like a, a good group of people that I don't think many things go unanswered in our discord. Whereas if I've jumped into other anime discords where I say something and yeah, it's just like a tumbleweed hit me right in the crotch and it's like, okay, well, it's, it's cool. I'm glad I was here. Uh, most of the time someone is sharing, like, if you're, I was going to say chill enough, but no, like. Yeah, I'm hoping we put out a vibe that is kind of like that people in the same wavelength that want to put that effort in getting into the discord. We are all on that same wavelength and it makes things very easy to kind of um, jive off of one another. So it's it's it's, it's pretty darn dope in there. So um, that said, no, very, very much appreciate you. Uh, one, becoming our friend through the discord and all that good stuff and two, joining us on uh, this here episode. Now, do you have anything you'd like to plug or is this just kind of, you were just happy to do what, what's your vibe here, Gabe? Um, again, my name's not important. I'm nobody special, <laughs> but if you want to get to know me a little bit more, um, I do have an Instagram account where I do post more like photography related stuff. Cause that's what I'm passionate about. Um, it is called Gabe's forever endeavor. Spell G-A-B-E-S forever F-O-R-E-V-E-R-E-N-D-E-A-V-O-R. I was just put on the spot seeing if I could spell it <laughs> no. correctly. So. And especially after talking for this long, it's tough. The, the brain kind of gets a little shot at the end. But yeah, no, check him out on Instagram. Uh, great photographer and um, real cool. Just honestly seeing the stories you put up and whatnot. And also... Um, just, hit, him, hit him up in the Discord because he also has great rom-com recommendations. Absolutely. <laughs> hit him up. <laughs> <hit him. laughs> uh, yeah. Gently. Yes. So that's Gallantry in the Discord. Uh, good dude. And actually very uh, big proponent on us actually um, playing the waifu rolling game like properly. Mm. We were playing it like a bunch of cavemen and then he came <laughs> in and showed us what the hell was going on. So it's pretty nice, but. Change your lives. Change Hopefully the lives. for the better. I don't know. Um, there were the dark ages for me. I was a little <laughs> obsessed with it, but now I've kind of uh, taken a taken a step back. But uh, yeah, cool. Well, uh, if you've made it to this point, obviously you got to be a great friend of the show, like Gabe here. Uh, we appreciate your support every time, and we say it every time because we mean it every time. Hope you guys are having a great start to the week thus far. Uh, let's just hey keep keep the good times are rolling yeah it's monday yeah it sucks ass but in a couple days it'll be friday and then it's the weekend again so everybody's working for the weekend you've heard that song all that good stuff but uh tell your close friends that you appreciate them uh hope again that you've told your mother that you love her and uh just be a good person you douche hall you know what i'm saying uh massive fan of you and i hope that you're somewhat a fan of us uh, let us know what you think about these movies in the Discord and all that good stuff. That's the end of the shilling. Danielle, if you'd love to send them packing, that would be great. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>